I'm your host, Chris Gast. Happy Friday, everybody. We're going to jump right in, and uh, the issue that we're going to get to today uh, is not a pleasant one, partial birth abortion. Before we talk about that in depth and the debate and when it got covered, first uh, I want to cover two stories. The first one is uh, has been just receiving an outstanding response already this morning. Our new radio ad debuted today. The radio ad's called War on the Unborn. It's based off of a popular pro-life internet uh, video. You can find that on YouTube called The Sound of Abortion by Peter Heck. Rather than explain the ad to you, I'm just going to play it. And so here it is. Right where you are, I just want you to, right there in your seats, just shut your eyes. What you're about to hear are the sounds of metal BBs striking the side of a tin can. For every BB that strikes, it represents 10,000 lives lost in the wars of America's past. 10,000 lives for every BB. This is the reality of what is occurring in your country. The American Revolution. The Civil War. World War One, World War Two, the Korean conflict, the conflict in Vietnam, September eleventh, and the war on terror. Since nineteen seventy three. The War of the Unborn Child. Courtesy of Peter Heck. Paid for by Right to Life of Michigan Educational Fund. So I must have heard that ad probably a uh, video about 20 times now, and it still gets me every time. A lot of people have uh, called this morning. Um, very emotional. One lady said she had to stop her car on the side of the road, and she uh, called. Very emotional. But that's the reality we face. And so this ad is playing statewide. It'll be on the air uh, for the next two weeks. A lot of people have said they've already heard it a couple times. Hopefully everyone in the state, very ambitious goal, but hopefully everyone can hear that because just hearing it really brings it home for you, especially me. I'm a very visual person, 
And when I hear that, you know, usually I'm a very visual person, but something about hearing it as opposed to seeing it, you know, we have a, a flyer, Right to Life Michigan creates called uh, the War Casualties, doing the same thing, comparing the casualties of war to that of abortion. And uh, it's a very graphic visual thing you can see the magnitude but i guess you don't really understand it until you can hear it and you're forced to sit there and listen to it so i would encourage you to share it uh the ad itself is basically just i mean the ad itself is what you heard and it's on the front page it's basically just the youtube video sound of abortion which we also link to on our front page if you're on a mobile phone you go to our website and go into the news uh, the news page right from the front it'll be in there so I encourage you to share that on Facebook on Twitter um, anywhere you can email it hope everyone could a chance to hear that alright the next story I wanted to talk about was the decision by the Ninth Circuit Court regarding pregnancy centers and advertising for abortions this decision was handed down on Friday, October 14th. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals heard a challenge to a California law, another California law. Seems like we're harping on that state, but they deserve it when it comes to pro-life issues. This particular law forces pregnancy centers to either post a sign or give clients materials advertising a phone number they can call in order to get a tax-funded abortion in the state. And California is requiring every pregnancy center to hand this out. Well, obviously pregnancy centers aren't happy. Their mission is to convince women not to have abortions, to give them accurate information. Uh, a lot of them give material support. Uh, some of them actually provide a few uh, medical services like uh, limited ultrasounds, STD testing. Some, I mean, they're always branching out. Our, one of ours in town here in Grand Rapids does GED classes for women. Obviously, they exist to help women, and they're being told that they can't do that. They have to contradict their mission or, you know, face the penalties of law. Obviously, the U.S. Constitution protects free speech, and the government has to clear a very high hurdle in order to compel you to say something. Uh, even a business, but in this case, you know, unfortunately, as we've discussed, when it comes to judges who support abortion, the law doesn't matter, logic doesn't matter, precedent doesn't matter, the facts don't matter, all that matters is advocacy, and that's what happened here. As Matt Bowman from Alliance Defending Freedom, a very pro-life guy, an organization that does great work for pro-life groups and others, uh, especially on free speech issues. He said in an article by LifeNews.com, I want to read his quote, basically sums it up. It's bad enough if the government tells you what you can't say, but a law that tells you what you must say under threat of severe punishment is even more unjust and dangerous. In this case, political allies of abortionists are seeking to punish pro-life pregnancy centers, which offer real hope and help to women. Forcing these centers to promote abortion and recite the government's preferred views is a clear violation of their constitutionally protected First Amendment freedoms. That's why other courts around the country have halted these kinds of measures and why we will be discussing the possibility of appeal with our clients. Unquote. There's two critical things I want to start from there. Um, possibility of appeal. That would be to the U.S. Supreme Court. We'll get into that in a second. 
first uh, how the court came to their decision that pregnancy centers can be forced to advertise tax-funded abortions. They argued that, well, the abortion advertising is, quote, viewpoint neutral, unquote. And their reasoning is, well, we force, they're forcing the abortion clinics to advertise for abortion clinics, and they're forcing the pregnancy centers to advertise for abortion clinics. So since everybody's being forced to advertise for an abortion clinic, it's fair, which, that's just ridiculous. If it were a truly viewpoint neutral law, then the abortion clinics would be forced to advertise for the pregnancy centers, and vice versa. Or, uh, the correct thing would be not to force anyone to advertise for anything. Imagine a California uh, mandating a law that required Alcoholics Anonymous and liquor stores to advertise liquor stores. Well, the court might argue, well, that's viewpoint neutral. Everyone is being forced to advertise for a liquor, liquor store. Well, it's not viewpoint neutral. The liquor store is advertising for themselves. Of course they're going to do that. That's part of their mission is to sell it. What's Alcoholics Anonymous mission? To convince people not to drink alcohol. And yet this viewpoint neutral law is forcing Alcoholics Anonymous to directly contradict their mission, to violate their mission. It's even to, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous viewpoint, to actually harm the people that are coming into their doors to seek care from them. But, alas, that's the court, especially the Ninth Circuit Court for you. Uh, the Ninth Circuit has a very long history of very highly ideological decisions. They are the most uh, commonly uh, overruled by the U.S. Supreme Court for ideological and actual judicial errors, um, this is no surprise. And California has a very long hostility to pro-life people. The other key point that is appealing to the Supreme Court, well, it, it, it would be nice to think that, and again, sometimes you, you look, for example, the ACLU, uh, which is generally very progressive, but once or twice will realize that a law is completely beyond the pale, uh, especially when it comes to First Amendment concerns, the hope would be that even a pro-abortion majority on the U.S. Supreme Court would say, well, that's a bridge too far, the First Amendment is pretty clear, that's not a really good case, and that they would not force pregnancy centers all over the uh, country, potentially, to advertise tax-funded abortions. But, <coughs> excuse me, can we rely on pro-abortion justices based on what we've seen to care, to follow the law? to follow precedent, to pay attention to the Constitution? I don't think so. I don't think so. If you do, okay. And, uh, you know, there's a compelling case that they might think that's just beyond the pale and it would actually turn people uh, away from the uh, cause of abortion. And it might. It's very uh, offensive to ask people to violate their mission. Conscience protections exist for a reason. But... We'll see. And ideally, we would be in a situation where we don't have to worry about that because we have judges who respect the rule of law, which there's an election on November 8th, if you haven't heard, and I would encourage you to look into that a little bit more. And along those lines, let's finally get to the topic of today, partial birth abortion. 
This came up in the debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Obviously, partial birth abortion is something that we have essentially done away with. We banned it federally. We banned it in Michigan in 2011 after an extremely long fight in the state. We were one of the leaders to get it going. Been to the court a couple times. Uh, Governor Granholm vetoed it. We got people to uh, sign petitions to put it back, as we called it, the People's Override, put it back in the legislature. Um, you know, still struck down by a court. We even had a very interesting way to try to ban it called the Legal Birth Definition Act, where all we did is try to define birth as, uh, you know, the point at which any part of the body emerges from the womb. That makes sense. If you're in the process of birth and part of the baby's outside of the womb, I think you could legitimately say that baby's born. Of course, pro-abortion justice struck that down because it would directly threaten partial birth abortion. So there you go. But we got it done. And that was the important thing. And while we'd like to think that we solved that, it's never going to come back, well, that's not necessarily the case. And again, we come back to the election and what a pro-abortion Supreme Court would do. If you remember the decision in Gonzalez v. Carhartt, which was back in 2007, it was only a 5-4 to four decision. It was very narrow. A lot of people were highly skeptical that Anthony Kennedy would uh, sign on to upholding the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act, and for good reason, because Anthony Kennedy um, has ruled in favor of abortion several times, most recently the case in Texas, Whole Women's Health v. Hellerstedt, where he struck down those abortion clinic regulations. But in this case, he actually voted to uphold the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. And good for him, because obviously it's a very brutal thing. And I want to get into just a couple things. Uh, Basically, Clinton tried to gloss over or lie about in the debate on Thursday, which was uh, Thursday, October 20th. Excuse me, the debate was Wednesday. Wednesday. I forget, yesterday is the 20th, and we just got right out there educating people about it because it's such a frustrating thing when you think about what is partial birth abortion. Just using the term partial birth abortion sends abortion advocates wild. They say, well, that's not a medical term. It's a very misleading term. No, actually, that is a very descriptive term. A partial birth abortion involves aborting a baby in the process of birth. To give you a very accurate description of partial birth abortion, let's go to abortionist Martin Haskell, the inventor of this barbaric procedure. And this is his description in a paper that he presented at a National Abortion Federation seminar. So this is him telling other abortionists how to essentially stab a partially born baby in the head. Quote, With a lower extremity in the vagina... The surgeon uses his fingers to deliver the opposite lower extremity, then the torso, the shoulders, and the upper extremities. The skull lodges at the internal cervical OS. By the way, uh, this is me here. The baby is very much alive at this point. Anyway, back to Mr. Haskell. Usually there is not enough dilation for it to pass through. The fetus is oriented dorsum or spine up. At this point, the right-handed surgeon slides the fingers of the left hand along the back of the fetus and hooks the shoulders of the fetus with the index and ring fingers, palm down. 
Next, he slides the tip of the middle finger along the spine toward the skull while applying traction to the shoulders and lower extremities. The middle finger lifts and pushes the anterior cervical lip out of the way. While maintaining this tension, lifting the cervix and applying traction to the shoulders with the, so, shoulders with the fingers of the left hand, the surgeon takes a pair of blunt curved Metzenbaum scissors in the right hand. He carefully advances the tip curved down along the spine and under his middle finger until he feels it contact the base of the skull under the tip of his middle finger. Reassessing proper placement of the closed scissors tip and safe elevation of the cervix, the surgeon then forces the scissors into the base of the skull or into the foramen magnum. Having safely entered the skull, he spreads the scissors to enlarge the opening. The surgeon then removes the scissors and introduces a suction catheter into this hole and evacuates the skull contents. With the catheter still in place, he applies traction to the fetus, removing it completely from the patient. Unquote. That's infanticide. I know often uh, we don't want to be too emotional. We, we want to reach people. We want them to listen to what we have to say. Um, we don't want them to throw up walls. We want to go past that. We want to really engage them in this issue. What is abortion? What is the value of the unborn child? But when you think about partial birth abortion, you know one of the reasons abortion exists is because you can't see the child in the womb. You can almost pretend that the child isn't there. With partial birth abortion, you obviously can't pretend the child isn't there. The abortionist has his arms hooked around the baby's shoulders, feels the baby's head with his finger, puts a blunt pair of scissors into the baby's head, suctions out the brains, and see, and then delivers a dead child. It's barbaric. It's barbaric. Okay, where does Hillary Clinton come into this? Well, Hillary Clinton voted against the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act in her time in the Senate. Upon hearing such a description, Hillary Clinton says that should be legal. And if she has her way with justices and her promises for policy, that should be tax-funded. You are paying doctors to stab live babies in the head in the process of birth. Clinton didn't uh, try to obfuscate that she obviously voted for it, but she tried to just explain it away as, well, you know, I voted for that because of the health exception. Health exception. Okay. Secretary Clinton, Senator Clinton. What is the health benefit to stabbing a baby in the head? I can't think of one. Can you think of one? Partial birth abortion takes three days to complete. If you are in a health emergency, would you wait for three days for help to arrive? If you called, if you were, if you were injured and you called an ambulance and they said, yeah, we'll get there next Tuesday. Is that something that is uh, protecting your health? Just, no. Clinton hides behind that health exception. 
And what she's saying there is trying to get people to think, oh, well, if women's life is in danger and that's why we need this. Obviously, we don't. She doesn't go to explain to people this is a three-day procedure. She doesn't want people to really understand this. She doesn't want them to know what a partial birth abortion is. They don't even want to use the term. They want to use uh, the term for DNX, an intact dilation and extraction, hide it in euphemism. They don't want you to see one of these be performed. Thank God it's one thing, well, I've seen a D&E abortion performed in a video, and it's not any prettier, but imagine if every American had to see this. There'd be no pretending anymore. No pretending. Well, in the debate, uh, Donald Trump uh, correctly pointed out that Clinton supports this, uh, abortions up to the nine month, even the final day of birth. I think he could have gone farther and said, obviously, Clinton supports abortion during birth, because that's what a partial birth abortion is. Clinton protested and said, that is not what happens in these cases, trying to suggest that abortion is not legal until the ninth month, which it is, thanks to Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton. Uh, Several states don't even have uh, even slight protections. Um, Some states have protections that probably wouldn't really stand up in court in a prosecution, but some states obviously have zero regulations or protections, laws whatsoever, abortion until the day of birth. Absolutely true. The media, and this is what got me so steamed on uh, Thursday morning, was seeing the media try to pretend that this wasn't reality, unconscionable, trying to, to stick up for something like this. Well, she tried to hide mental health exception. Obviously, she was wrong there. And she tried to suggest that women only have these partial birth abortions because of health reasons. Again, three-day procedure. No. Just no. If a woman needs uh, to end a pregnancy to save her life, stabbing a baby in the head, it's not the way to do it. As soon as we posted uh, some thoughts about that on Facebook um, the other day, yesterday a couple ob nurses immediately posted on there you know this would never be something we would do there's no health benefit to this very obvious so the uh the million dollar question out of all of this is if hillary clinton were to be elected and she appoints one more pro-abortion justice to the court who supports partial birth abortion would they overturn that ruling, or would them generally overturning Roe v. Wade in a more pro-abortion direction, uh, putting it on a basis of instead of the right to privacy, uh, one of equal protection under the law, which obviously it's not, but if they could do that, that might throw out the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act with it too. Would they be willing to do that? I don't know. They're willing to support it. If you read a description of that to someone who supports abortion, they'll try to squirm out of it, they'll try to euphemism their way through it, but they'll support it. They'll support that. The hardcore ones. Obviously, partial birth abortion, not very popular. Simply the fact of its existence and the debate over trying to ban it had a sea change in opinion about pro-life issues um, in general, in abortion in, in the 90s and into the 2000s. So obviously not very popular. Obviously, if, if every American had to sit there and watch it, they would break down and cry. But 
because we don't have cameras in abortion clinics, um, even then, even when the baby's born, we can pretend it doesn't happen. We can pretend there's a good reason to do it. So, very upsetting. I know I've gone a little long here, but it's important that we revisit it. We not let the media whitewash or uh, do revisionist history on this issue. We obviously won the debate over partial birth abortion, but the abortion side did not surrender. And so we might see this again. It's important people for understand that. And it's important for people to understand that there's a person running for president who believes it's okay to stab a baby in the head with a pair of blunt scissors and suck the baby's brains out and call that women's health, even though it's a three-day procedure and would never be used to save a woman whose life in danger. So please remember that. Let other people know. People forget. Young people don't uh, know, probably haven't even heard about partial birth abortion. There's a lot of people out there who still believe it's a myth, thanks to a media that tries to give people that impression purposefully. So please, be a pro-life educator. Spread that news and information. It's very important. Okay, not the most cheery and positive podcast, but uh, that's the nature of our issue. So join us again in two weeks. It'll be the Friday, the weekend just before the election. We'll see if there's any more important news that you need to know. Thanks for listening, and have a good weekend.